This is the brisnet.com call-in show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Now, here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman, along with Bob Nastanovich for your hour HRRN Nation to call in and talk about whatever you'd like in this world of thoroughbred racing that we love so much. The number to get in is 888-966-4776. That's 888-966-HRRN. First of all, the first question we should answer is that, yes, James Scully is just fine. It's just uh, an end-of-the-year time with his family, so he's taking a week off. But happy that our good friend Bob Nastanovich can pinch hit this evening. Yeah, no, big shoes to fill. God does an outstanding job, and uh, I'll, I'll miss listening to him this week. Yeah, he owes a lot of our listeners a lot of different, I think, food items around the country. <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps losing bets like horse for horse or things like that, and it's never for money or anything like I, I think he like he owes a bowl of poutine to one caller and he might owe a, <laughs> uh, you know, he might owe a beer to somebody else. So, uh, you know, maybe he's just uh, taking off because he does, he's at his limit for what he can be in the red in 2023. And he wants to, you know, have a good feeling before he starts in 2024, but no, he James wants to start okay. a new. Yeah. James is okay. <laughs> and uh, he will be back with us next week. And, uh, ho- you know, hope he's having a good time wherever he and his family are. Uh, once again, the number to get in, 888-966-4776. I would love to hear people's impressions of what they saw, especially with the opening day stakes at Santa Anita. Um, I'm going to say this, first of all, Bob, and you don't have to say anything to this. It's, it's I, I, I find it funny that racetracks and especially from that company, feel like everything press release they put out has to somehow make it seem like they're doing great, even if they ain't doing great. And what I mean with that is this. So uh, the publicity department at Santa Anita put a press release out the other day, and the press release was entitled, let's see, Solid handle, large crowd, greet return at Santa Anita. Okay, so the first thing I thought of before I started reading is solid handle. Well, that means it's not record-breaking handle. It's not massive handle. And if they say solid, I don't know if it is solid. So let's read it and see. So these are what this is from the first three paragraphs of it, and this was amazing. <laughs> so they say, With a jockey's room full of top talent and world-class racing, the order of the day, Santa Anita Park's classic meet opener December 26th proved a rousing success. An on-track crowd of 37,143 contributed to all sources handle of $18.3 million, which rates as the best handle ever among a total of 17 opening dates conducted on a Tuesday, which seems like a weird thing to brag about right there. But okay. Um, and then the quote come quote from Nate Newby, who's the senior vice president and general manager, said, from a business standpoint, opening on a Tuesday is always a challenge because so many people are back to work 
Uh, we want to serious, uh, sincerely thank our fans, etc., etc. Said from start to finish, we had great safe racing on both turf and dirt. Speedboat Beach got seven furlongs in the Malibu and 121.70, which was less than two-fifths of a second off what Flightline did last year, unquote. All right, number one, Flightline didn't win the Malibu last year. He won the Malibu two years ago. Taba won the Malibu last year. Right. And by the way, went 121.75. So I thought more <laughs> about this. Okay, so it's... You know, it's tough starting on a Tuesday because people are back to work. Well, last year they started on a Monday. And by the way, last year, when they started on a Monday, they had 4,000 more people on track than they did this year. So 10% off. And they handled $26.3 million last year, which is 30% higher than this year. So basically the only thing they're really bragging about is it's the best Tuesday opener they've ever had. Yeah, I mean, 37,000 or 41,000, those are very nice crowds. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, they're doing a good job of getting people in the racetrack. Uh, one significant news story I've followed in the last 10 days is that it's been very difficult in the month of December, and I don't know if the status is going to change, to fly horses out there using FedEx. So I've, I think a race is like the San Gabriel that Easter won, and he he basically is clearly the best older horse on the turf in Southern California, or really more significantly, the American Oaks in which Anisette run, ran, uh, won in a good time um, on, a, on what really you have to call a speed-favoring turf course and, and had a perfect trip under uh, Rispoli. But Anisette, I, I wouldn't rank her in the top 10 um turf uh, mares in the country I, I don't even know if she'd be in the top five in chad brown's barn so you have to think she benefited from the fact that uh east coast and kentucky connections couldn't ship out to santa anita um i mean so i mean it was the kind of card that the fields were very very much uh, limited to that region yeah that's a good point and i hadn't thought about that but that's interesting i wonder if that did affect things let's go out to the phones jeff in louisville you've got bobby and bob on the brisnet.com call-in show bobby and bob what's going on guys been a, it's been a minute been a minute i've been a long time caller and good to hear you joe been a minute, had, had a... Bob, what's going on my uh, friend i don't uh bob nastovich I, I don't know if i've told you before i called him once before and told you i was an agent back in the day when you had greta oh yeah you, you had you had the little house outside the front gate there at Churchill. Nine oh seven Central. Yes, yes, sir. That's uh, right. I had Patrick Johnson. I had Patrick Johnson and Fabio Arguello. If that helps you, and maybe I can see your face right now. How you been, Jeff? I've been doing good, Bob. Been doing good. good. I'm, I'm so happy. Uh, you know, I've been kind of following, not following your career, but I, I know you worked over Prairie Meadows, and I hear you on the radio, and just so happy for you, and. Uh, you know, what a great game, but uh, Thanks, I'm, headed, I'm just now pulling in over here at what used to be the Spectrum on Popper Level. It's now Derby yeah. City Hotel and Gaming, and I'm going over here to play a couple at Turfway, and I uh, wanted to know if you got anything I need to take a look at over there tonight. I honestly got didn't handicap Turfway this evening. I've been so ensconced in the afternoon races and the stakes races this week, and uh, have you been doing well at Turfway? Uh, you know, every now and then I'll come up with one, and they've been paying good. If you can, if you can figure it out, you know. The big but, fields, uh, I know that. Of, yeah, that's what I like about it. You know, I bought a form the other day, all jacked up about saying I need an opening day, and says right on the front of my twelve dollar form, huge fields. You know, it was a bunch of 
six and eight horse fields again. And uh, I just I like those full fields, you know, like Kentucky Downs. I, I go down there every year. That's my favorite. Yeah, well, if you're looking uh, for this, for good field size, and Turfway is definitely providing it. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah Jeff, it's I, tough I, to figure that track out. Jeff, I got to ask you a question. So, um, Fabio Arguello, he was in the news a few years ago for something that wasn't wasn't very good. But when he was riding, there was a time uh, when he was riding at Churchill. Well, he was giving Pat Day a real run for his money at the top of the standings. Yeah, that- what what was that yeah, like? That was, you, what was that like trying to track down Pat Day, who seemed like he rode every good horse there for a while? Well, I got to be honest with you, Bobby. I couldn't tell you because I didn't have him back <laughs> when he was at the top of his game. That would have been Mister uh, Richard DePass was his agent at that time, and Bob, I'm sure remembers him well. Absolutely. I will tell you a quick story. I know you got to run. Well, I was a greenhorn agent. You know, I was so I sold cars and. I ran into Pat Johnson back there, and Bob, you know how Pat was, and he was tough to sell at that time. But anyway, Very talented. Uh, Pat was taking me around my first or second day to all the barns, introduced me to, you know, hey, uh, so-and-so, this is uh, Jeff. He's my new agent, blah, blah, blah. I'll never forget. He takes me in Cam Gambolotti's barn, and Richie DePass is standing there talking to Cam. And Cornelio Velasquez was his jockey at the time. He's sitting out in the SUV. And Pat walks me right up to Cam and says, uh, Cam, I'd like you to meet Jeff. He's my new uh, my new agent, blah, blah, blah. And that Richard DePass grabbed me by the arm and kind of squeezed my arm and led me out of the barn and said, what do you think you're doing? I'm talking to this guy, and you walk up. I said, Richie, I said, hey, I didn't do it. Pat walked up on him, not me. Oh, man, he got mad. He no, got that's... mad. They were an intimidating bunch, for sure. I mean, I was on the receiving oh, yeah, end of similar. Man. Yeah, it was tough for for us, uh, but we did, we had our we had our winners here and there. But uh, certainly, uh, great to hear from you, and and uh, good luck tonight at Turfway. I wish I could help you. Yeah, well, I just got a couple. I'm gonna. I like a Ricky Short horse in the uh, second. You know, Ricky was a Patrick Johnson guy. He rode oh, absolutely. with Patrick, and that was. And, you know, Ricky's still around. He just trains for himself. He doesn't have any uh, other horses other than, you know, all of his, his own. And he's got one tonight in the second I'm going to take a look at. But what a great guy. Patrick Johnson told me, he said, Jeff, when you meet Ricky, I want you to know he's different than all most of these guys on the backside. And, boy, he was right. You know, just, just a great, great family, good people. And But, anyway, I'm looking to get back in the game, Bob. I'm trying to get me a jock now. I've been out of town for the last 18 years, but I've sold my house and moved back. I've been back about a year. I'm building a new barn dominium, getting ready to move in. Fantastic. I'm ready to go. I'm looking looking for some young male or female rider with strong hands and a good finisher. Yeah, keep your eye at at, uh, Oaklawn Park because there's a slew of them down there, and a lot of them can ride. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking to get back in the game. But listen, I'll let you guys go. I appreciate you taking the call. And when I have a something better to talk about, I'll give you a call back. Nah, good That's to hear your voice, you Jeff. Wild, I love you guys' show, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks, right, my Jeff, man. Pre- appreciate the call. Best of luck at Turfway tonight. Maybe he gave us a winner at Turfway. We couldn't give him anything, but uh, maybe he helped <laughs> us out. Got to look at that horse. Now, uh, you know, he mentioned Cam Gambolotti. Uh, I know Cam for a long, long Spend time. Spend and uh, I call him Smiles because he never smiles. Neither he did looks, Richard DePass. 
Richie DePass has been an agent for a long, long time, and he's had some really great riders really for you know throughout the years. Uh, but Cam Gambolotti, of course, most well known for winning the Kentucky Derby with Spendabuck in 1985. He also had a, a really nice two-year-old name. It's a little known fact that I think won, it won like the Kentucky Jockey Club or something in the late 80s or early 90s, one of those kind of things. And he had some other good horses, and he, tra- he ended up training some for Padua, st- uh, not Padua, but for, uh, uh, oh, I, I can't even think of the, uh, the name of the stable, uh, not Padua. Uh, yeah, Padua stable. Padua is Padua. Yeah, it was Padua. I'm sorry. And um, uh, he's still around. I think he's got, you know, he might have three or four horses at Gulfstream, and, uh, you know, they're nothing... They're certainly not spend-a-buck types. Um, but he's a guy that always – the best way to look is – do you remember the commercial with the bitter beer face? And uh, <laughs> he looks like he, he walks around with that all the time. Even when he's – he looks like he's disgusted with something even when he's not. It's just the way he is. And he's actually a really funny guy and sharp-witted. And uh, I think his family kind of made money in the citrus industry here in Florida, which, listen, if you're into the citrus industry, you might as well do it in Florida. That seems like the right place to do it. Um, but uh, played golf with Cam several times over the years, and uh, uh, he's a good guy that just doesn't have the horses right now. But uh, 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 we've, so, so far in the show tonight, we've got a Fabio Arguello, a Patrick Johnson, um, a, a Greta uh, a mentioned. Greta Kunzweiler had her book. Joe Johnson, Pat's brother, I had his book. Yeah, and but uh, you didn't walk up on anybody and and get uh, get another agent in a jackpot, did you? Um, I'm sure I did a few times, but the I, I was as green as Jeff when I first started out. I remember the first few days that I was um, actually specifically the very first draw that I ever participated in was at Keeneland, and I was I was in a jackpot. I had two horses. There's 30 horses entered in a $7,500 open claimer at Keeneland. And Greta had two calls, one for Buff Bradley and one for Terry Dunlavy. And she said to me, look, now there's going to there's gonna be about 30 or 40 entered in, in here. There's basically no chance that, that both of mine will come, come out of the tw- in the 12 that get pulled. Well, they, they both did. And the clerk of scales was a guy named Ron Herbstreet. And Ron said, okay, um, let me call my son because he has to decide which one Greta rides. Well, Ron Herbstreit didn't know that that his son John had been replaced by me. So I said, I said, I said, Greta rides Buff Bradleys, and uh, and he said, Who are you? And I said, I said, I'm Greta's agent. And he said, Well, I got to call my son. And so, in front of like thirty or forty agents, very humiliating situation. And as it turns out. Thank, thankfully, uh, Buffs Buffs Philly won the first race of the meet. Well, I saw Terry Dunleavy the next day, and I didn't know him very well. And I'll never forget what he did. He he, he gave gave me a nasty look, and he he spat, and he spat. I looked down at my my lower leg, and there's a huge amount of spit on my lower leg. And I said. I said, I said, I said, I'm sorry, Terry. He said, don't ever spin me again. And at the time, I was so green, I didn't even know what spinning was. Um, well, <laughs> so what was color very, was the spit? Was he sick or was he healthy? He was um, uh, fairly unhealthy, judging by what, what I recall. And I, I think it, it wasn't was, like green or brown, I hope. I, you know, maybe it was, you need a it was an un- un- unpleasant experience. 
Okay. <laughs> How many times have you been spit on since then? That's the only time I recall ever being intentionally spat on in my life. And as it turned out, as the months went by, I got, I got, got along with them. But if you're an outsider like myself and Jeff were being jockey agents at Churchill Downs, then first of all, the agents want to intimidate you. A lot of assistants. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough job. It's the toughest job that I've ever had. And uh, you know, thankfully at that time, Greta was a very competitive rider on the circuit. The first the first season, I had her book at Churchill. She finished eighth in the standings, one behind Bay Hirano and one ahead of Court. So we were competitive at the time, but it was a struggle. And um, they look if they don't know who you are, they look at you very skeptically. Um, so. Anyways, I enjoyed it. We had the one huge moment when she won the Hawthorne Gold Cup back when it was a $750,000 race. And she won on a horse called Free Four Internet who beat Perfect Drift. And uh, Perfect Drift, if anybody in the world was riding the horse other than Pat Day, Perfect Drift would have won. But at the 16th pole in a $750,000 stakes, he was sitting motionless. And Free Four Internet came from about 30 out of it, which was his style. And passed him, and when Pat got down to ride, it was too late. And even though, uh, in a similar fashion to that that Remsen recently, it kind of reminded me of it, that real talented horse that kind of pulled himself up when he hit the front. Um, what's his name? The one that finished uh, second at Doorknock. Uh, every horse I bet on. <laughs> so, anyways, <clears throat> Free Fortnite went to pull himself up, and, and Pat uh, got down to ride in perfect drift, and he couldn't, he couldn't catch him, and that was... At the time, I think the third biggest pot ever won by a woman jockey. So it meant a lot to me because every, everybody was, first of all, there was about a half dozen people standing outside at Hawthorne on a fall day for a $750,000 stakes. And I got about 50 cell phone calls and everybody said, did you bet? Did you bet? And I said, I had $7 in my wallet. And that was the truth. That's all That's all I had to, to my name. But in that two minutes, I, I won, uh, uh, I earned uh, nearly twelve thousand, and that got me out of a, a hole. And I remember, I remember uh, telling my mom something good finally happened in horse racing. Mom, <laughs> yeah, well, that's certainly a good memory. And we, and uh, wow, you uh, experienced <laughs> something that most of us don't get to experience in that kind of a thrill. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, phone lines are open. Give us a call, 888-966-HRRN. It's the brisnet.com call-in show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call, call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. 
Visit brisknet.com for all this information and more and discover why Brisknet is the handicapper's edge. Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires, download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races. Dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Decidedly. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Hello. Welcome back. Brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio <laughs> Network. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich, your, our HRRN nation to call in, talk about whatever you'd like. In the world of racing, number to get in, 888-966-4776. That's 888-966-HRRN. Let's go out to the phones now. Tom in St. Louis, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Bobby, how are you? What's going on, my buddy? Oh, not much, not much. I uh, I thought it was a good card the other day at Santa Anita. I can't say that I've watched it every year. Um I guess I disagree with the press release a little bit. I think Tuesday opening days are pretty cool for that. You don't get in the competition of the weekend when you have Christmas on a Monday. That makes for a real long weekend. Ready to get away from the family and go to the track, just to be quite frank with you. Um, So I, I think that was really neat. But in prepping for this, I saw an article on the Internet, and I don't know. I don't think it was the LA Times or somebody. But it was about the fact that horses only can be shipped now via FedEx because it was a tech set and doesn't have the plane anymore. And because of the packages for Christmas and it being peak season at FedEx, it makes it really tough for things to get done. You know, in this world where entrepreneurs solve problems and make a big profit doing this, why has someone not come up with this idea in the time since he lost that plane to make this deal work. I mean, you still would think with all of the traveling that horses do, you know, not only back and forth to California, but even shuttling along the East coast, wouldn't it still make sense and be profitable for somebody to do this? And, you know, if it's not, once again, why wouldn't the industry just step up and say, 
hey, look, let's do this ourselves. I know that, you know, for a while, I don't know if they still do it, but when Arlington was running, there would be a shuttle that would go from our, what the Churchill would put on that would go from Keeneland and, and Arlington and all those racetracks that would get horses to Churchill in the summertime to run. If it isn't profitable, why wouldn't the industry itself figure out a way to absorb a little bit of that cost to make, make us have better, fuller fields with higher quality horses? That's a great point, and I think that, um, as you mentioned, um, it's a wonderful opp- opportunity for an entrepreneur because right now there's basically nothing. There was nothing in the month of December because, as you mentioned, that all the holiday shipping FedEx did, they did not prior- prioritize horses. And when you do ship on FedEx, which is pretty much the loan option, it's gotten extremely expensive. So I was wondering the same thing and actually texted Bobby, and, and uh, we can't afford to do it, but uh, – Several people who are buying these uh, yearlings for between two and five million, you think that they would want to um, buy a horse plane or two, and and it be a surefire winner as a as a transportation business. I'll tell you another thing, Tom. Is are you still there, Tom? Yeah, I am. I am, Bobby. I am. Um, listen, I I don't know any better way to say this. I can't sugarcoat it. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, there are a lot of people in high positions in this industry that, for lack of a better term, seem like morons. And uh, I say that because <laughs> y- y- you're wondering why, you know, they tracks can't do this and, like, why, why they wouldn't, uh, you know, the same company would put something out there to travel back and forth. These places can't figure out how to not run races from tracks that they own at the same time. Same time, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm, you know, I mean, there is a what you could say. Well, uh, why did Gulfstream Park run on Tuesday? You know, because I mean, theoretically, you're if Gulfstream's running at the same time as Santa Anita, aren't they taking money away from Santa Anita's hand? Now, maybe that was planned all the way around, but you know, I, I don't know if that benefits both doing that or if it takes away from one. But I don't, I don't think. I, I don't think that there's a lot of foresight when it and it's not just that company, by the way. It's other ones too. I think that they they don't think ahead. They think of how they can make wh- what they can do now that is best for them, them personally, right then and there, and don't think about anything else in the business, whether it's even uh, entities in their same in the same company or certainly other racetracks out there. And I, I know you, Tom, are passionate about you know our this industry coming together and being more uniform whether it's set of rules or marketing campaigns or things like that they don't they can't even do that within their own businesses let alone come together nationwide and get together on something which you know for a lack I, of a better way of saying it sucks because you know <laughs> we love this business we want racing not only to survive but to thrive like it was decades ago and it's kind of seems like everything they do sounds like they know what the problem is but they're not doing anything to rectify it i i just don't know bobby when you look at an industry and you talk about guys with a high high net worth and and, and bob nothing against or not bob is the first name of the the, the guest host for the uh, Scully, uh, Scully stand in the gentleman stand in, right? right yeah, Bob. Bob. That's right. Yeah. Y- you know, 
I think to make an investment, it would be somebody, you know, to, to, to do a plane and to buy a plane and do it upright. It's going to be a lot more than a million or $2 million people. Take for, six. Um, you know, that, that would do that. I mean, you'd be looking at a thing. But, I mean, I, I just look at this. If I was a businessman, and I look at this way because I've looked at businesses and worked with businesses my whole life, there are so many opportunities at the racetrack because you don't have competition, because you don't have forward-thinking people. You know, if you did this in any other industry, I, I, I go back to the 70s, Bobby, and I'm dating myself, but my father was one of the first people to put up a lube oil and filter place. And it was such a novel kind. You mean we don't change it in our driveway and everything? But, like, within two years, there were, like, ten in the town of 70,000 where we grew up in. I don't see in the horse industry that if you do something, it would be looked at as, oh, my God, you did that, so I'm going to compete with you, and then you have it. I really think it would be a service industry to where I don't think people would question it that much because when you look at running for a purse of, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars in the winner's share, I don't think people are going to say, hey, look, it's going to cost me five grand to do that. That's going to be a cost that you're going to be charged in to win that as opposed to, oh, my God, I'm going to do this and work about someone come in and try to make that 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 same thing for three thousand to where I'm going to have to worry about breaking even. And I, that's something yeah. that for, for guys that spend money in this industry and, you know, have such great business acumen and all their other aspects of life. It almost seems when they come to racing, they leave all that at the door. And yeah. it just is mind-numbing to me. It makes no sense. Says, hey, it makes no sense that, 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 that it would be easier to fly a horse around this country 10, 20, 30 years ago than it is now. And as far as I know, it costs in the neighborhood of 6 or $7 million to, to have a properly equipped horse plane that you can ship about 12 to 15 horses in. I, I just, you know, I, I just think that this, I think the sport, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You need to bring someone from the outside to look at this almost like a lost opportunity person. You know, you mentioned, and I'll put one thing up from last week. You had said, hey, if you do this, this, this trail to the triple crown and get the sponsor, you're going to take away from like run happy at Santa Anita. No, I mean, you go out and create something else like, Hey, here's a here's a ten week journey to the Triple Crown or something, and sell T-shirts and take it to the <laughs> next step and make it something that people talk about. Where you worry about, you know, hey, not only how many points do they have, but is there a trainer award for a trainer with the most cumulative points? And it's just like, guys, can we all just get in a conference room someday and give everybody enough enough sandwiches and enough soft drinks? And everybody, two eagle pads of paper and say, let's just spitball some ideas. Because I know you'd come up with a half a dozen great ones. And it's like these guys are afraid to do that. And I think it's because their whole life they're afraid to come up with an idea and think that they'd have a bunch of competition as opposed to say, look, guys, you know, anything you do, you're going to have almost a monopoly. And it's just money should be flowing to this sport. Um, it's an honest sport as far as, you know, horses give effort. They don't get in trouble like quarterbacks do, and they don't have all the off-the-field issues. You know, the horses do what they're naturally born to do, and that's run. Market it to little kids. Little kids love to watch horses run. Older people grew up with Western. I mean, you know, there's so much opportunity that just left on the table, guys. But it's a great kind of a not many callers calling this week that I could call and throw that idea up at you guys. And uh, 
Have a good evening, guys. Thanks Every a lot, show Tom. Is Always appreciate Bye-bye. the call, Tom. Thanks very much. I'll tell you one thing, Bob, before we go to our next break. Um, listen, I, I don't want to just come out and say it, but we all know, um, or at least we all think, there's at least one company out there who I'm not sure even cares if racing thrives. They care if their other facets of their business thrive, like mm-hmm. casinos and maybe uh, you know, certain wagering kind of sites. And I don't want to say the name of the company. We all know who it is. They've closed <laughs> racetracks down in the last several years. They seem to be much more interested in the gaming side of it despite the fact that the name of the company makes it sound like a racetrack company. So these ideas that Tom and a lot of people have are great. I'm not 100% sure that all the people you need to get in the room are willing to do what it would take to make racing uh, better than it is right now. Yes, I mean, the company you're referring to, I mean, obviously the, the, the people who are suffering the most in terms of the industry right now are their rival and, and – uh, the numbers in Southern California, and obviously December 26 proved as, with the short fields and all these um, really old, great stakes races um, that you've been watching pretty much your whole racing life. And to see, you know, five packs and six packs in, the, in those fields and and, uh, and really pretty obvious favorites in, in a lot of cases uh, waltzing in, um, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a particularly competitive opening day card at Santa Anita, and that does not that doesn't that doesn't hurt the feelings of of a lot of people that could be shipping helping to ship horses out there. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, phone lines are open. Give us a call if you'd like eight 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 nine six six four seven seven six. Brisnet dot com call in show on H R R N. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at Brisnet.com the brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs the data plan is 125 dollars per month visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge horse of the year candidate Elite Power. Standing at Judmont. 
Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Don't miss the Equine Forum every Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on HRRN. Mike Penna brings you the latest in thoroughbred racing, featuring interviews with trainers, jockeys, owners, and other racing insiders, plus exclusive segments you won't hear anywhere else. The Equine Forum, the show that launched a network. Saturdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich filling in this week. Number to get in, 888-966-4776. That's 888 888- 966-HRRN. All right, Bob, so one of the things that our good friend James Scully does each week, which I know is very popular, is gives out a best bet of the weekend. I know you're somebody who uh, handicaps in advance, and obviously we do the weekend stakes preview together. Uh, Who is your best bet that's not part of tomorrow night's weekend stakes preview? What track are we going to? What race? Um, I... Let me look at the menu real quick, Bob, because I, um, <laughs> I honestly, I think I might have taken a horse that's in in the weekend stakes preview. In fact, there's actually two horses that I really like. One's a short price, and one's a huge price. And and when I when I messaged you earlier, the gin talking stakes at, at Laurel, are we covering that? We are not covering that on the weekend stakes. Preview. Okay, two year old fillies, and it looks like. There's three very nice fillies in there. One's the Maryland bred kissed by an angel who's by a stallion called Golden Lad who also trains Catahoula Moon who looks very tough in the heft, which is the Laurel 8th race for two-year-old boys. Uh, a horse that won the Cornhusker in 2015 for Todd Pletcher, Golden Lad, in a similar fashion to the Solomini. Uh, looks like a, a, a freshman uh, sire to follow um, in at an affordable price. Uh, but in the gin talking, there's a filly in there called Cap Classique, uh, who's going to be a short price. She's three for three lifetime. Um, she's she's remarkable. I mean, what she did last time, she she broke from the rail. She's a Kentucky bred by Vino Rosso out of a scat daddy mare. Brittany Russell is just red hot um, for Dars Incorporated. It's a powerful ownership group that's dominated racing at Colonial and Laurel for a long time. It looks like they have a really nice filly on their hands. and uh, But what she did last time, she just had a really, really horrible trip for a two-year-old filly to have to wait and wait. And she looked like she was going to finish fifth during the stretch, and she really kicked on. And then I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow, but <clears throat> the, when the morning line odds came out in the Harlan's Holiday, I couldn't believe that this Miles D was 20-1. to 1. Um, Again, he split. Uh, touch uh, touch upon a star, the dominant Louisiana bred by Star Guitar right now, and uh, 
and uh, five-star general who won the Tenacious pretty easily. And that that grade three race, the Harlan's Holiday, which which you mentioned, the prep for the local prep for the Pegasus, it looks pretty wide open, and, and 20 to 1 just seems like a steal on Miles D. All right, so two best bets, as it were, uh, for Bob. He likes the favorite Cap Classique in the Gin Talking Race 7 on the Saturday card at Laurel. He also thinks that number 8, Miles D, should be way lower uh, than his uh, disrespectful morning line, as it were, of 20 to 1 in the Harlan's Holiday Race 10 on the card at Gulfstream. That race is a tough race. I, I think Miles D is certainly one that has a chance. Probably shouldn't be 20 to 1, but there are probably three or four in that race that are really, really interesting. I mean, Gasoline looked like a horse who's really good that just uh, kind of threw in a, a little bit of a clunker in the, in the Clark last time out. Maybe the competition was too tough. O'Connor is obviously very talented. New York traffic has run races in his career that are easily good enough to contend if not beat this field. We just don't know if he's still got that in him or if he's better routing than sprinting or sprinting than routing. It's a uh, lot of fun stake races coming up this weekend. Uh, several at Gulfstream. You mentioned uh, the one of two that are at Laurel. We're going to cover the ones at Santa Anita, at Aqueduct, at Gulfstream, uh, and Fairgrounds as well on Saturday as all part of our weekend stakes preview tomorrow night from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Number to get in, 888-966-4776. Bob, got to talk with Jeff Siegel during our previous show, kind of rehashing what he saw on opening day at San Anita, but really didn't get your opinions on a lot of these races. It sounds like you were impressed by Anna Set and by what Easter did. What what were your impressions of the Malibu itself and, and the one-two finish for Baffert with Speedboat Beach and Hejazi? Now, we talked about Speedboat Beach several times. It, it seems like a wide-open division right now, the sprint division in the United States. Um, we saw a really impressive performance at and, at Oakland from Tejano Twist from the Chris Hartman barn. Uh, the top California bred, the chosen Veron, uh, it will, will stay in training as far as we can tell. He's been working. Um, you know, Speedboat Beach definitely fits in the conversation, but I guess, you know, you have to start considering the horse that ran second to him, uh, the incredibly expensive uh, $3 million plus uh, Bernardini Colt, uh, he jazzy, who really didn't do anything wrong. He ran a really good race chasing his stable made home. Um, I've got a question for you on that whole card, all those stakes races, including the two cowbreds who ran one, two in the La Brea for uh, two-year-old fillies, uh, which was kind of shocking um, that, uh, you know, either they're two out-of-this-world cowbreds or the uh, or the open horses that competed against them in, in the grade one La Brea aren't much. Um, if you could own one, if you could lease if you could lease one horse for free in 2024 that ran on that Santa Anita card, Bob, who would it be? I want the horse who won the maiden special weight race in race number four for Mark Glad. I think his name was Judge Miller, and he was a big favorite that day. He was coming off a good second place finish in his debut, and uh, he went pretty. Listen, he went 122 flat, I believe. Uh, as a maiden winner, and when you consider that Speedboat Beach went 121 and three, you know that's not that far behind. Well, he's two fifths of a second behind a very accomplished, favored horse in a Grade One race. I'll take the horse who's got his whole career in front of him, Judge Miller, uh, who I think is going to turn out to be a nice one out there in Southern California. Good pick. 
Yeah, Good let's ticket. go back it, out to. Let's, it, hold, by on, the way, hold on, hold on. You'll, you'll also be very pleased to know that Judge Miller is a full brother to Clarier. So you've got you've got a, you got plenty pedigree behind you if, if you decide to turn your uh, your horse into a stallion. And by the way, and a different running style than Clarier. Clarier sometimes in her career was is pace dependent, coming from well out of it. So far, Judge Miller likes looks like a horse who's got a lot of tactical speed, and uh, is certainly proven sprinting. We'll see if they try to stretch him out next time out. As Bob mentioned, he's uh, by Curlin out of the mare cavorting, who herself is by Bernardini. Let's go back out to the phones. John in Florida, welcome to the Brisnet.com call-in show. Yes, good evening, gentlemen. I just want to give a follow-up of uh, statements uh, your guest host just made about uh, Richard DePass. I think he's one of the most underrated jockeys of all time. He used to run a circuit of Tampa in the, in the winter and Churchill in the fall. And uh, I remember him winning six races in one day at uh, at Tampa Bay. Maybe not the best competition, but he was still a pretty good rider. And as an agent, he was even much better. And uh, he set things up for Mr. McLaughlin with Luis Saez. And every rider he's had, he's done very well. So I think he's he's Hall of Fame material in in, uh, in uh, both ways for me. And, yeah. By uh, the way, in, in all, uh, Richie DePass won thirteen hundred twenty-two races. <laughs> According to Equibase, out of uh, 10,500 or so mounts, his uh, purse is uh, over $8.6 million. Uh, he did win a few graded stakes in his career, but as you mentioned, John, it wasn't like he was riding the best horses around the yeah. country in the best circuit, well, uh, but he is a, a multiple grade three winner. He won the uh, Illinois Derby with Ray's World. He won the McKnight with Bob's Dusty, the Kentucky Jockey Club with a lot of gold, and he also won the Kentucky Jockey Club with a horse named Going Investor. Right, but he, he came from Jamaica. He probably rode in Jamaica before he came here, and he probably was the, he's probably the best U.S. rider that ever came out of Jamaica. I'm sure of that. Well, uh, he, ro- he rode in the States from 1976 through 1988, and I think he basically became an agent as soon as he stopped riding. Right, right, right. And also you mentioned Ronnie Herb Street. I remember this back in the early 70s. He was a second, always the second leading rider at River Downs in the late 60s, early 70s. There was a jockey named Carlos A. Marquez, not to be confused with the C.H. Marquez, who was a contemporary in New Jersey at that time. Right. And also had a son, also had C.H. Jr. But this Carlos Marquez was unbelievable. He, uh, he, was, uh, he was like Pat Day was to Churchill. Uh, but he was a heavy rider. And also, Bobby, he's a son-in-law of probably a caller trainer that you know, uh, George Town and his and a brother-in-law of Steve Town. I think they were training back when you were there. Caller. Yeah, absolutely. One that? thing I'd like to say about the uh, pass as an agent, I, I worked around him for four mm-hmm. years, and at the time, uh, his peers were Doc Danner, who had Pat Day, Fred Amy, who had had Pat Day at the time, had had uh, Sellers, Lenny Pike. Uh, had Rat, Robbie Alvarado and DePass for the most part had Cornelio, um, who was flying high at the time, and uh, nobody worked harder or knew more than uh, uh, Richard DePass. I mean, he kept yeah. his own charts, and he was so well organized, and was the first one there, and and everybody uh, he was very quiet. Yeah. And everybody just looked up to him and, and respected him, yeah. and well, uh, just a completely different next level agent. You mentioned Cornelius Velasquez and his son-in-law, Eddie Castro. I think they went to the Middle East, but uh, I haven't heard anything from them in, in years. Do you know anything about that or not? I don't know. I remember, remember when they took off as well. And uh, 
Uh, obviously, um, we saw the success on Saudi uh, Cup Day of uh, – who was it that won it? It was Wigberto Ramos. He's gone over there and dominated right. in Saudi Arabia. Right. Right. Um, I don't right. know what happened to uh, Cornelio. Right. I got you. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate the call, John. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, by the way, I never knew Georgetown, but I did know – Steve Town, because he did train at Calder a lot when I was there. Very nice guy. He actually won the Ohio Derby one year, I think, with a horse named Exclusive, Exclusive Praline. Um, oh, but he, yeah. he never had really top-flight horses at Calder, and I think he quit training, I want to say, right around 2018. I don't know what he's doing right now. Hopefully he's happily retired and uh, living the easy life, but I haven't seen him in several years. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, still time for some calls. Give us a call if you'd like, 888 888- 966-4776 brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now 888-966-HRRN That's 888-966-4776 Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Get in on exciting thoroughbred racing action every weekend. Join us January 5th through the 7th for our 30th anniversary opening weekend with stakes races Friday through Sunday, Houston sports celebrities, and more. Plus, join us on Sunday Fun Day for the best brunch around. And don't miss live music and our big beer drink special every Friday night in January. Race in for all the excitement at Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Race the Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. 
Final segment on tonight's edition of the brisnet.com call-in show. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich sitting in very ably for our good friend James Scully, who's on vacation this final week of 2023. Number to get in, still time for a call or so, 888-966-HRRN. Bob, there was something funny that also happened we haven't discussed yet. Um, and I asked several people this question, and nobody could give me uh, an answer either nobody knew or could give me a real answer. I was looking at the past performances for Saturday at Santa Anita, this coming Saturday, and they have two stakes on Saturday. The grade two Joe Hernandez, uh, supposed to go down the hill, although it's going to rain. I think they're going to take the race off the turf. And the grade three uh, Bobby Frankel, well, it's the Robert J. Frankel, but the Frank Bobby Frankel stakes uh, as race number three, uh, which I think will also come off the turf. But then I was wondering, why do they have the two biggest races of the day as races one and three? And I said, well, you know, maybe it's because there's rain coming. But the rain is supposed to start around midnight or 1 a.m. the morning, you know, the night before, and basically go all through the morning into the early afternoon. So it doesn't, it really doesn't mean anything. I mean, whether you schedule the races early in the day or late in the day you know if it's rain it's rain i i don't understand it <laughs> and yeah it, it kind of got me laughing because listen they don't have the biggest fields in the world on a day out day day in day out basis in california uh these days uh and they had 13 entered 12 main one also for the biggest race biggest purse of the day the grade two joe, joe hernandez down the hill um I mean, and that and the race goes at noon Pacific. I mean, you're how many? It just seems so odd to me. And I, what, am I missing something? Is this was this race supposed to be part of like some cross country wager, and they had to put it? It it made so little sense to me, knowing that it's going to rain all night and morning leading up to the races. You know, if they thought that the rain was coming like later in the afternoon, okay, I understand it. We're trying to keep the race on the turf. That's it. Uh, but they've known for a while. The forecast just continues to say that it's basically raining from Friday night all the way through Saturday morning and into Saturday afternoon. Um, and <laughs> I I can't get a good reason. Uh, and listen, I could call other people out there and ask them, but I don't really feel like being lied to. Uh, we're <laughs> lied to enough in this business. It just seems so <laughs> odd to me. I wish somebody... Could give I me think a, they, a real uh, something because maybe there's just something I am just completely missing on I this, and I apologize it, if that's the way it is. But on on first glance and second glance and third glance, actually, it seems like another weird decision. Yeah, I think they want to make it look like they're trying. If the I mean, if the, if you're looking, they're looking at the same forecast because I mean, Aqueduct. We've seen over the last several months have done that effectively. They've moved stakes uh, races up and effectively got them in on the surface that they originally wanted. The shame of it is the Joe Hernandez, if it was run on the downhill turf course was, was going to be a very intriguing race. Even if, even if two or three horses that are main track only, maybe in name only don't participate. So it's a shame um, that, that that race in particular uh, will you know will probably cut up pretty badly end up being like a five horse field um, and I imagine that what do they do run do they run at six and a half on the dirt I guess right 
I guess, and, and the race would be downgraded from a grade two to a grade three. Obviously, if the Frankel comes off the turf, it goes from a grade three to being just an ungraded stake. And let's face it. And that's uh, a weak, a very, very weak renewal. I, of the I was to told off the record, I'm not going to mention who told me, that it's a six-horse field, and they hustled three of them into the race. Oh man, it's just uh, you know considering who it's named after. I mean, it's she, that's it's a it's definitely going to get downgraded. And I mean, I handicapped that race. Boy, it's it's difficult. It's almost shocking. And uh, they kind of got away with it with a fair amount of quality on the opening day. Uh, but I, I think they might welcome the rain uh, instead of running that race with the, the, that those six horses in the in the Frankel because that that is one week renewal. Yeah, I I, I don't know. And, and listen, uh, I mean, I'm almost surprised that they're running Saturday because they've had they've shown in the past that now when they see a forecast of rain, even like a week in advance, they don't even draw for that day. You know, sometimes they just don't, or they don't even cart any turf racing. So. You know, I, give, I guess I give him half credit for trying, and uh, it just seems a little bit strange, though, that they carted it early in the day. It's uh, very, very strange. Oh, by the way, Joe Hernandez, for those of you who don't know, was the first ever announcer at Santa Anita. He called the races from uh, the day that they opened. I believe they opened Christmas Day in the mid or early 30s, somewhere around 33, 34, and, um, and, and until 1972. And um, and they've had obviously several announcers since then, and Dave Johnson and Trevor Demon and uh, Frank Miramati now. Uh, but Joe Hernandez called there longer than anybody, and um, yeah. So I, I think it's great that they have a race named in his honor, and uh, whether it's on the turf or on the dirt, it will be a graded stake, and theoretically will go as race one on the Saturday card. I'm going to tell you this: I don't want to lean into it too much because I I don't want to give away what we're going to say tomorrow night on our weekend stakes preview. Uh, But we had Jeremy Plonk uh, on during our previous show, and he handicapped uh, that race for both turf and dirt. Uh, If that race comes off the turf and I handicapped it as if it would, I actually like somebody that he did not mention. He mentioned three specific horses that he thinks are, are dirt, mainly dirt horses, that would thrive if the race changes surfaces. I think he left one out, and it's the one that I like. I don't want to say who it is. <laughs> you could probably find it. How tantalizing, it. Bob. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, a, uh, I'm actually more interested in that race off the turf than on the turf, because on the turf, I just, I, I'm, have, I'm having a hard time figuring that race out. But off the turf, I, I believe there will be several scratches, and, um, and the one that I picked will probably not be one of those scratches. Well, what uh, do you... Go ahead. Yeah, what do you have on betting with Bobby tomorrow? Do we have live racing on betting with Bobby tomorrow afternoon? We have so much live racing, I don't know if I can fit it all in. So we're going to get the... So it's the opposite I, of today. Yeah, everyone who didn't run today is running tomorrow. Okay, so good, Aqueduct good. and Gulfstream ran today. We're going to cover them tomorrow, the ends of their cards. We're also going to get Santa Anita tomorrow. We're going to get Oaklawn Park tomorrow. And we're going to get Fairgrounds tomorrow. Five tracks we're going to cover albeit some of them are for one or two races only, but it's going to be a full day tomorrow on betting with Bobby from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then 
Bob Nastanovich is going to rejoin me uh, for our weekend stakes preview, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. We've got a dozen races from around the country we're going to talk about that are going to go this weekend. Uh, Four-bagger at Gulfstream on Saturday. A couple of nice stakes at Fairgrounds Saturday, as well as Santa Anita. Aqueduct has the Graves End on Saturday. Then we'll look at three Sunday stakes as well, the Abundantia and the Janus from Gulfstream Park and the Queens County out at Aqueduct. I know there are a lot of listeners out there, Bob, who love the championship meet at Gulfstream Park. They had poor weather in South Florida today. It is supposed to be great all weekend. I don't know if they'll be on the turf tomorrow, but they should be back on the turf uh, with at least fast and good, if not fast and firm conditions for Saturday and Sunday. That's going to wrap it up on tonight's edition of the brisnet.com call-in show for our producer, Kim Price, my co-host for the evening, Bob Nastanovich. I'm Bobby Newman. Thanks to all the callers and listeners. Have a great night, everybody.